Welcome to Superintendent Radio Network. I'm Guy Cipriano. We're joined today by a name that's very familiar in the golf industry. We're here with Greg Norman, the CEO and chairman of Great White Shark Enterprises. And we're going to be talking about some of the things he's been seeing in his design and construction travels. And we're also going to be talking about his relationship with Golf Course Builders Association of America. First off, Greg, thanks for uh, taking some time out for us. Oh, you're welcome, Guy. Thank you for having me. Greg, what has 2016 been like for you and your company, and what are some design projects you're working on? Well, 2016 has been an uptick, to tell you the truth. Um, Obviously, everybody felt the pain of the pump from 2008 to about now. Um, But we've seen definite uptick more on a global basis than we have seen in the U.S., but uh, I'll break that down in two segments. International has been very, very productive for me. I've always been an international player when I was uh, playing professionally and world number one player, so um, I always diversified myself around the world, and uh, that paid uh, dividends for me uh, in this downturn in the uh, golf industry uh, since 2008 to 2016 now. Um, so, you know, we've got a lot of productivity through Asia. We've got a lot of productivity in my home country, Australia. Mexico's always been a fertile ground for us. Central America, South America, places like Colombia, Argentina, Brazil, um, so I'm very much diversified. We've, we've signed contracts in Malaysia now, in Vietnam, um, in the Middle East. We're about ready to open a golf course there. That we're building the first 18-hole all-grass golf course in Jordan, uh, which I'm extremely proud of. Around the world, it's been very, very productive. Back here in the United States, I'm seeing a little bit more of an uptick, uh, especially in the redesign um, category. Uh, not a whole lot of uh, new golf course development, real estate developments or resort developments here in the States. But um, I think I'm going to see that um, change post the elections. Um, I think everybody just sitting back and see who's going to be the next president of the United States for the next four years. That's pretty interesting. You mentioned your project in Jordan. Explain some of the grasses that can actually grow in that part of the world. Well, you know, it's been uh, – well, before I get deep into the grasses, it's actually been one of the uh, most um, – I guess, environmentally sensitive projects I've ever been involved with, uh, Guy. We've, uh, we're using solar panels to uh, basically light the maintenance, run the power, the pump station, um, uh, do landscape lightings, uh, light up the clubhouse, all that stuff. And uh, quite honestly, we, we have enough, from what I'm understanding, to, to supply back to the town of Isla on their grid system. Uh, then, we run, uh, then we're running uh, recycled water. So we're taking the uh, the town water, the the the, the, um, the, water, the water waste, uh, recycling it and putting it back onto the golf course. So basically, it's almost a 100% uh, uh, recycled golf course, which I'm extremely proud of. So the grasses there, are, you know, are, are very sensitive because it's you know, I've landed in Jordan when it's been over 50 degrees um, Celsius or up around 125, 30 degrees Fahrenheit. So. Uh, you know, your grasses have to be very, very sensitive to the temperature change, the heat change, and you've got to make sure you're getting good, high-quality water to them. Greg, what are some design and construction trends that you're seeing in the field right now that, that really excite you and should uh, excite people in the golf industry? Well, you know what I love, Guy? I love the fact that nowadays um, we have gone away from the, the mindset of the mid-'80s to the mid-'90s when it was like uh, – Unlimited budgets, um, you know, everybody was just going out and spending a ridiculous amount of money to uh, build a golf course. I love it nowadays where you know, there's a lot more sustainability um, of a mindset put into it. The developers and the owners are much more sophisticated. They're very much aware of it. Uh, they're very much aware of their ROI. You know, we as golf course designers and builders 
um, and now very, very much integral part of the, the initial planning of the entire project because I found that uh, in the past when you got into a golf course design project, uh, you weren't really in sync with the civil engineers. And now we're finding if you get in sync with the civil engineers in, in the initial outset of uh, project development, you can save uh, a lot of money by everybody working together. And I've seen that um, that's you know something that I'm proud of that, that my company is working on very, very closely right now and I've been very much connected with uh, civil engineering, landscape engineering, um, you know, just from uh, even you know, architectural, from interior design uh, to design building the golf course. There's, there's so many different components out, now that, out there now that we are inter integrally involved with. In our primary audience is golf course superintendents, and I would think some of the things you're doing and seeing are going to really benefit golf course superintendents and some of the things they have to do long-term, right, Greg? Oh, absolutely. You know, we love the fact, Guy, that uh, and actually we encourage it, uh, where the developer brings on the superintendent immediately before we basically put a spade in the ground or a shovel in the ground to start building the golf course to walk hand-in-hand with us uh, to understand the process. And we encourage uh, the management companies, too, to do the same, to understand the process. If we go in and redesign a golf course that we've designed and built, you know, 15, 20 years ago, you know, you want to make sure the management and the management and the superintendent are in lockstep with the philosophies that we want to do. Uh, because I'm going to go back to that one key word that I mentioned before is sustainability. And quite honestly, you know, we failed. Uh, we failed and, and the golf industry hit a a big price uh, when the recession hit, when the GFC came in in 2008, because disposable income was the, the first thing that was shut down. And um, with golf, as you know, it's pretty much a disposable income sport. And when that was shut down, um, golf suffered big time. You, know, you saw people who were members of two or three golf courses or even three or four or five golf courses started dropping membership uh, because they, they, they didn't want to keep a, you know, having to pay anywhere between fifteen and $25,000 a year in annual dues. Greg, your company's been involved with the GCBAA for 20 years. How has that association helped you and with some of the things you're trying to do around the world in the construction design end of your business? Well, look, I, I think it's, um, it's really important from my company's perspective involved with the GCBAA um, because at the end of the day, we all have a common cause. Uh, we all want to make sure that the, the growth and the development of the game continues on for multi-generations to come. Uh, the sport has been around a long period of time, and so is the GCBAA. There was a Greg Norman Golf Course Design, and so will other, other golf course uh, design groups going on. So I love the collaborative work that we have been involved with, um, on a, not on a day-to-day -day basis, but most definitely on a month-to-month, year-to-year basis. How would you say golf course construction methods and that whole side of the business has changed in the, in those tw 20 years? Yeah, absolutely it has. Um, we've seen the refinements in, uh, you know, understanding uh, you know, heavy equipment refinements, number one. Uh, we've seen definite refinements in understanding the cut and fill balances that need to take place, and, and all the builders are very much in sync with that. So, um, again, it's a common cause. Uh, that we both share. We, Like I said a couple of seconds ago, we want to grow the game of golf the best we can, but we also want to make sure that we actually grow it in a sustainable fashion and make sure the investment dollars that we uh, that everybody puts into it is returned to the investor uh, with a profit. 
And, uh, you know, golf, golf courses, you know, they're a labor of love. And uh, sometimes if they're not managed correctly or, well, first of all, not built um, correctly in the first place, it's hard, to, it's hard to recoup your initial investment. Speaking of looking forward and protecting the future of golf, you recently wrote a letter to the GCBAA reiterating your commitment to the Sticks for Kids program. How important are programs like that to the future of golf, and what intrigues you in particular about that program? Well, the kids are the future of golf. Um, you know, I don't like it. And look, I, I grew up in Australia as a, as a kid with a 27 handicap, um, having a hard time getting on a golf course because the, the fuddy-duddy old members um, didn't want kids coming along. Um, they forget that they're the next generation of members of that golf club. And, uh, you know, when I see this, you know, what uh, GCBAA is doing for sticks for kids, um, it's so encouraging because I don't care whether they're Gen Zers or Gen Xs or Millennials. We have to get these kids into the game. We have to get these kids to love the game. And we have to want, have these kids bring other kids to the game of golf and grow it. We've been kind of stagnant for quite a long time now with uh, the, the growth of the game of golf with participation. Um, and it's time to turn that around. So, you know, when you see what the GCBAA Foundation is doing with Sticks for Kids, it's, it's, it's very admirable. And uh, that's why I'm supportive of the program. Last thing, Greg, what, what do you think someone in the industry can do to get involved in some of these programs? What, what some, are some steps you recommend them taking? Um, look, there, there are a lot of, there's a lot of opportunities getting involved with the development of the game of golf and, and promoting the kids. Uh, I would sit back and take a look at it, definitely take a look at sticks for kids, no question. Um, you know, if, if each and every one of them has a different um, – a different platform and how you approach it, and some of them in different regions. Some of them are nationally, some of them are just regional. So I would identify which one suits you the best. And um, you know, I've looked at sticks for kids. Uh, I've looked, I've looked at what the GCBAA has done uh, for the game of golf, and that's why I was supportive uh, to them and for them. Well, Greg, we appreciate you taking some time out for us to talk about these things. Thanks a lot, and have safe travels here for the rest of 2016 and beyond. Yeah, thank you very much, Guy, and thank you for uh, letting me call in. You've been listening to the Superintendent Radio Network, the podcast of Golf Course Industry Magazine, a production of GIE Media. I've been your host, Guy Cipriano. You can find all of our podcasts on iTunes or the SRN page of golfcourseindustry.com. Talk to us at srn at gie.net or at GCI Magazine on Twitter. Thanks for listening.